Well, today we look at diatrophies, and we find uh, this uh, individual in 3 John. And so the Apostle John is writing to Gaius, and he talks about diatrophies. Usually we're talking about individuals as part of this supporting cast that are positive, they're helpful. This is really the first person that we're going to look at that really gives to us a negative example. But scripture clearly tells us that everything is given to us that we might learn. And uh, here John gives us really a negative example of not what to be, but what not to be. And so I'm going to ask you, if you have your Bibles, to turn to 3 John. I'm going to read uh, verse 9 through uh, 11. And uh, then we're going to uh, take a look at this individual. Uh, and even as you read it, just, just think about a diatrophies admitted in, in this sense that here was an individual who thought everything was all about him. And I'm sure you're not that way. Um, but there are some people you realize that all of life kind of revolves around them. And they're, they're, they can be a problem at work. They can be a problem in the church. They can be a problem in the marriage as well if you have that view that it's all about me. And so here is an individual that life and ministry and all was all about him to the point that he tried, and I emphasize tried, to hinder even uh, the work of God. And so follow along as I begin reading in verse nine. John says this, I have written something to the church, but diatrophies who likes to put himself first. Some translations talk about how he wanted to be uh, the preeminent one. And so, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing, talking wicked nonsense against us. And not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want to and puts them out of the church. Verse 11, beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. And so here in this account, you find that the apostle John is saying, first of all, I want you to think about this, this individual, Diotrephes, and I want you to realize that he's evil, and I want you to realize that I don't want you to imitate evil or evil people. I want you to do what is good. And so this Diotrephes, where we even find it in the beginning of verse 9, was an individual who tried very, very hard to hinder uh, the work of God. And so the apostle Paul wrote a letter that we do not have. And he wrote that letter, Diotrephes got the letter, and we don't know whether he hid the letter, destroyed the letter, but he did not allow the people of the church to hear from the apostle John, and so he destroyed or did something with this letter so that they never even knew that the apostle John wrote another letter to them. Now, I want you to realize, though, that I very carefully said this, that Diotrephes was a man who tried 
to hinder the work of God. There are a lot of people in this world who try to hinder the work of God, but I want you to realize today, nothing can really hinder the work of God. Why is that? Because God is sovereign. He is in control of all things. That's a good, really, thought for us even today, isn't it? I have had more texts, more emails from friends around the country complaining and fussing about the uh, election. And I I just want you uh, to, to realize that Ephesians chapter one and verse 11 says this, talking about God who works all things according to the counsel of his will. No one can mess up the will of almighty God. God's plan. Therefore, we should not walk around in fear and worry and anxiety and feel today that we are doomed in some way. God has a plan. I might not know what that plan is. You might not know what that plan is, but we don't need to. God does. And so here, um, I think we, we need to realize that Diotrephes, he tried very, very hard to mess up the work of God and to hurt God's people, but it didn't work because God is in control. I uh, read an article this week by someone uh, who has been a very, very strong supporter of President Trump, uh, Dr. Robert Jeffries, who is pastor of the First Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas. Very uh, great historic church. And he's been on television a lot supporting uh, uh, the president. But in this recent article, he talks about how, you know, God is in control and God is sovereign. And and now we need to move forward and do what God wants us to do as believers. He says, now the rubber really meets the road when the person who takes office is not the one we supported. Paul didn't give us any wiggle room. His command applies all the same whether the emperor was the faith-friendly Constantine or the evil emperor Nero. Here is our chance to show that Christians are not hypocrites. We serve a God who remains on his throne, sovereignly reigning over every square inch of this vast universe. We serve a God who loves us and will never leave or forsake us. And now we have the chance to show the consistency and constancy of our Christian witness to the world. He kind of concludes this. When Joe Biden becomes president, we should commend him for the things he does right We should condemn the things he does wrong. And above all, we must pray fervently for our president. If President Biden succeeds, we all succeed. May God bless Joe Biden and may God bless the United States of America. You think that should be all of our attitudes? And the reason, however, is this. It has nothing to do with man. It has to do with God. That God is sovereign and in control of all things. And God's word stands whether you and I like what's happening around us or not. Therefore, we need to obey his word. Now back to, that was a little sidebar, by the way. We're, we're, not, I'm not, we're not charging anything extra for that, right? Okay, just, just want to make sure. 
because uh, I'm not really too concerned whether you agree with it or not. Why? Because it's scripture. So now back to Diatrophes, and let's take a look at Diatrophes who tried uh, but did not succeed in hindering uh, the work of God. Now, there are three characters in 3 John. And so I want to kind of begin by talking about these three characters because they are uh, Diatrophes' co-laborers, if you will. They are his colleagues. Two of them are commendable and one is condemned. And so Diatrophes is the one who is condemned. But let's take a real quick look at the two individuals who are commended by the Apostle John. Two individuals. First of all, we find in verse 1 that he is writing to Gaius. Even his name uh, means happy or rejoice. So wouldn't you like to have that kind of a name? That when people think of you and your name, you know, they're thinking, boy, that person's happy. That person, uh, re you know, rejoices all the time. There's a church. I don't know much about the church, but it's a big church. And uh, whatever that uh, route is that goes from uh, Denver uh, to Colorado Springs, there's a great big sign advertising this church, and the church is right on that major uh, highway. And you know what the church is called? The Happy Church. Now, I don't know if people are all happy in there or what, but that's the name of the church. I'll tell you what, every evangelical church preaching the gospel ought to be a happy church, you see. And so here, Gaius, even by his name, is a happy person. He's, he's a person who rejoices in the Lord. And the Apostle Paul, notice what the Apostle Paul has to say about it. The elder, meaning him, uh, the Apostle John, to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth, and so he's writing to Gaius, and he loves Gaius in the truth. Gaius is an individual who walks in the truth, and so he, he is commendable. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health uh, as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to uh, your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking uh, in the truth. Notice what he says in verse 5. He deals with Gaius all the way uh, down to verse 8. Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for those brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey uh, in a manner worthy of God. For they have uh, gone out uh, for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these that we may be fellow workers for the truth. And so here's Gaius. A man loved by the Apostle John, a man uh, of unquestionable integrity. He supported missionaries. He supported the leaders of the church. He was responsible and faithful in everything that he did. Verse 5 emphasizes that. And uh, John really is saying, you know, Gaius never gave us a hard time. Uh, and John prayed for his prosperity and health and God's blessing. And so here's Gaius. Now, we're going to look at 
um, the, the one colleague or the one person who was condemned. But before we uh, look at diatrophies, notice that he gives us another positive example in verse 12, and that person is Demetrius. Only one verse about Demetrius. It says this, Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. And so here uh, is uh, Demetrius. Uh, In fact, John says this, we also add our testimony and you know that our testimony uh, is true. And so here's uh, Demetrius, a standout individual. Here's an individual, uh, a good man, a man who has a good reputation. Uh, he has high praise from John and, and uh, from others. And so uh, here is uh, uh, an individual that taught the truth and uh, therefore probably was a real threat to uh, diatrophies. So it's a good thing, even in one verse, to have people be able to say, you know, that's a good man. That's a good man. I remember uh, on a certain occasion, I was down uh, in Florida meeting with uh, some extremely good donors to the college, and they were staying right at Disney. And uh, after we had our meeting, it was late at night, and I went to that monorail, and uh, I thought I was only one there at night getting that monorail to get out of Disney. And and I see this individual who's standing way to my left, and uh, they're with another individual who happened to be uh, their wife. And I'm looking and I'm thinking, boy, that person looks familiar. And it was Julius Irving, Dr. J, if some of you remember. So I went over to him and I thought, you know, there's nobody here. I want to. I just want to meet the guy. And and so uh, I sh- we could shake hands then. We didn't have to wear masks either. And so I shook his hand, and he had such big hands. For those of you who really care about sports, he could wrap his hand, I think, around mine a couple of times. He shook my hand and I said, now, Dr. J, we have a mutual friend. And I named the friend. And he stepped back and he said, oh, Dr. K, what a wonderful man. Wouldn't it be great if everybody who heard our name could say, Oh, what a wonderful woman. Oh, what a wonderful man. You see, that was the kind of person Demetrius was. And what John is saying is this, that here was a person who was a good person. We don't know a lot about him. There's not verses and chapters and and books about him. But he was that supporting cast person that had such a tremendous reputation and testimony. We need to be that kind of a person. Now, the individual then that we want to focus on is this individual, uh, Diatrophes. I want to look at, we've, we kind of looked at his, his uh, companions or colleagues, but think of his character for a minute here in these verses that we read. First of all, he loved to be the preeminent one. He was the individual who was puffed up with power, and yet he was a person of influence. And I don't think that, you know, John tells us that he really wasn't a Christian, but here was an individual who was trying to hurt the reputation of the apostle John and the work that John was doing. And so here's his character. He viewed himself as important. He must have been arrogant and and. Overly ambitious, not necessarily ambitious 
with regards to the work of God, but according to his own agenda. He was an individual who, who kind of was self-sufficient. He didn't need Paul, care about Paul. And even when Paul tried to correct him, he didn't want to have anything to do with it. He was an individual who was self-exalting and self-centered. And it's interesting, isn't it, that even Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, talks about and gives us all these characteristics of people in the last days. And you know what Paul says? In the last days, there's going to be individuals who are proud and boastful and high-minded. You see, that was diatrophies. And when we think about diatrophies, that here, here's an individual who, who really had this tremendous concern about himself. His agenda was more important than the Apostle John's or anyone else's. And so he did a lot of different things. We'll talk about his conduct in just a minute. But here is an individual whose character was, was all messed up. He wasn't a person of integrity. He wasn't a person of truth. John writes over and over again about walking in the truth and being, uh, you know, a person of the truth. And what he's talking about is not just being truthful. He's talking about the truth, God's holy word. And so here's an individual whose character is not what it's supposed to be. And I think when, uh, you know, he was kind of pleased with himself. You know, it's my way or the highway. Or sometimes for people who think they're so spiritual, my way is Yahweh. That was diatrophies. Now, before we, we go on, let's, let's realize this, however. That what he did was pretty blatant. But let's realize that we can want the preeminence. We can want our own agenda. We can be pretty self-absorbed. We can be pretty, you know, high on ourselves and not necessarily do it in a blatant way. We can hide. Well, I want you to know, uh, I, I grew, when I was growing up, the basketball team in, in college was uh, UCLA. And uh, Coach John Wooden was uh, the coach. And uh, he would have a lot of different sayings. And uh, I, I uh, found this this week. He says this, be more concerned with your character than with your reputation because your character is what you really are while your reputation is merely what others think you are. But I can tell you this, that when your character is right before God, then most likely your reputation will be good too. And so, you know, what's your reputation? Are, are you, you know, what other people think you are? I uh, remember that Dr. Wood Curl had, uh, he and his wife Linda had huge St. Bernard dogs. And uh, one of the dogs that they had when living in uh, uh, Nebraska, I was out there and this dog, um, great dog, huge dog, and uh, didn't like to ride in the cars. So anytime you know, we were going to go somewhere in a car and they wanted to take the dog. This huge dog thought it could hide. And it would only hide in one place. So right in their living room, there was a big sofa and next to the sofa were two end tables. And there was one end table and it was always on the left side. That big St. Bernard would go over there and stick its head and its front paws underneath that end table. 
and think it was hiding. Now here's this huge body, but here's the head and the paws underneath that end table thinking nobody knows where he is. I think sometimes we, we kind of confuse ourselves and we think, well, you know, I can, I can think I'm right all the time and I can really want my way all the time and my agenda all the time and everything else and not be as mean and outward about it as diatrophies. But let me tell you, you can't hide and you especially can't hide from God. And so we, we need to be careful that we don't look at diatrophies and say, boy, I'm glad I'm not like that. Well, are, are we or aren't we? And you don't have to amen any of that. And so his character, I, I, if you don't like basketball and that, that little quote, let me, let me tell you another quote that, that I saw this week that I thought was really uh, kind of neat. Uh, I'll give you just one more dog illustration, okay? So you know that I have, we, Elaine and I have a dog, Bella, and... Um, I'll be honest with you, Bella adores me. Um, I wish Elaine adored me the way that dog adores me. You know, it's just, uh, you know. And, oh, man, that dog's always happy when I come home. And, I, you know, it's just really amazing. Well, I saw this quote this week. Because if you have a dog, you, that dog probably adores you. And here was, the, here was the little saying I saw. Does your dog... Are you, here, let me rephrase that. Are you what your dog really thinks you are? So if your dog adores you, are you really what that dog thinks? Well, what about your character when it comes to what's going on deep in your heart? Diatrophies had a problem. Well, I want you to notice, secondly, his, his conduct Verse 10 especially, at the end of verse 9 as well, he says, does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing. And here's what some of the things he's doing. He's talking wicked nonsense against us. He's not content, and he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want to and, and puts them out of the church. And so here, here's his conduct. He, he abused his power and his position. Here's a, a control freak, if you ever saw one. He, he really had a problem. You know, he was insensitive to leaders, to missionaries, to people who were in authority. He, he was insensitive to them, to their needs. He, di he didn't want to, them to prosper. He didn't want them to help, be helped. In fact, he wouldn't help them, but if somebody did in the church want to help these, these preachers or these teachers that Paul or John were sending, he'd stop him because of his own agenda. He knew better, you see. He was dismissive of God's word and, and God's appointed leaders. He was aloof to their needs, inhospitable. And so hospitality, as, as you know, we've heard uh, Pastor Rob talk about hospitality, and really it's, it's one of the true marks of a true Christian, hospitality. And so he, uh, behavior-wise, fought any correction, and so his focus was really on pride and jealousy. Well, then I want you to notice his critical spirit. It tells us that he was discontent in the verse we just read. And uh, disparaging of, of, of John, he uh, was critical of John. 
He spread rumors and slander and malicious gossip. His communication was was disparaging. He made remarks that didn't help the ministry. He created dissension. And so his conduct and spirit hindered the work of God and hurt God's leaders and, in essence, then all believers. He had a critical spirit. Well, fifth, I want you to think about his condemnation here. And so in verse 11, he says, Beloved, do not imitate evil. In other words, what I just told you in verse 9 and 10, that was an evil person. And uh, I don't want you to uh, mimic that. And so how, how, you know, just think about this, that the condemnation was that Paul called him out. Paul confronted him. And think about it. Now, here's this individual. We're not told that he committed terrible sins like murder or he wasn't necessarily committing adultery or this or that, but he was creating all kinds of problems and Paul's calling him out. But he's calling him out and this call goes out throughout all eternity. So here we are today. And who are we reading about? This same person. That Paul said, I don't want you to be like him. And so he condemned him for all to read. Well, then I want you to think about his, the censorship here. I think that censorship is verse 11 and 12. Be careful who you listen to and who you follow. Don't be like Diotrephes. What I need is for you to be like Gaius and like Demetrius. And so just think about that then. That's, that's what he's telling us even, even today. He's saying, be careful who you listen to. Be careful who you try to mimic or imitate. Let's remember that Diotrephes was a leader. Somehow he, he got to a position of, of influence. But here's John saying, be careful. Who you listen to. Isn't that good advice for all of us? Be careful who you listen to. Be careful who you follow, who you imitate. And what I need you to do, John is saying, is this. I I want you to imitate. I want you to mimic individuals who are good. Verse 11. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. And then he gives us this last example. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. We also add our testimony. And you know that our testimony is true. And so follow the good. That's the advice John is giving us today. Imitate, mimic the good, not the evil. You know, learn that It's not all about you. It's not all about me. It's all about God. I think that Gaius and Demetrius had a servant's heart. They weren't demanding to be numero uno. They were individuals who had great compassion for others. They lived the truth. They lived the word of God. And so in closing, 
I just want to jump back to verse 5. And I'm going to just offer a short prayer. But I want you to know, not verse 5 rather. um, I want you to just take note in uh, verse 2. These words. And so let's pray together. God, I just want to make this simple prayer today that you would help us to follow the good, to be careful who we listen to and who we follow. Help us not, Lord, in any way, shape, or form to be like Diotrephes, but help us, Lord, to be like Gaius and Demetrius. And Lord, my prayer today for everyone here is really what John said in verse 2. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes with your soul. Amen. 